You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Chris West. Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much, Bernie. Chris, I'm glad you're here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, You are the founding partner of a firm called Verbal Identity, a leading strategy agency that specializes in the power of language. Your firm has guided global and national brands and startups from B2B and B2C to tech and luxury and everything in between. And you, Chris, are a multi-award-winning copywriter and the author of the highly acclaimed book, Strong Language the fastest, smartest, cheapest marketing tool you're not using. And Chris, I have to say that alone, that title and subtitle is great copywriting. So thank you. Thanks. So I want to really dig into your book. Let's discuss the the key takeaways from your book with particular focus on how strong language can be deployed in customer service delivery. Now, before we get into it, I always like to begin with, of course, an introduction. Tell us your backstory and a little bit about your company, Verbal Identity. Well, thanks, buddy. So 30 years of work in 30 seconds, if I can. I, as you said, I'm a, by origin, I'm a copywriter. So I was working in the big ad agencies, but I've written in every medium. So, uh, you know, I've written a short film that won awards at the Barcelona Film Festival. I've contributed to national newspapers. So really what I'm about is that I love language and I love what language does. And I always say humans invented language for two reasons. One, to share ideas, and the other reason is to build relationships. And that's why I think language is this kind of amazing tool, whether you're in marketing or whether you're in customer service or wherever you are. So that's what I do. I'm the founder of this business, and I'm bringing that message out to the world. You know, Chris, it's interesting that you frame it that way. I've always said that um, communication is the most challenging thing that we do in life. And of course, language is used to communicate, right? Yeah. So uh, it is it is a, a challenge that we we have in all of life, right? Including in marketing. So I'd like to know, I'd like to begin our conversation with what inspired you to write this book, Strong Language? It's a really good question, actually. I've been running this business, Verbal Identity, for I think 10 years now. And how it started is really why I've written the book. So how it started was I used to run a boutique ad agency And we got asked to do different things, some customer service related, some marketing related. Uh, And about 10 years ago, every time I left a meeting, uh, there was this period of about two, three weeks when each time I left a meeting with one of our client teams, one of the clients would kind of grab me by the sleeve and say, hey, Chris, um, come over here a second. Chris, we've got 4,000 words to write before breakfast tomorrow. Can you help us? And they were words not just in their marketing, which is what everyone might think of, and not just in digital, but you know, an increasing demand for better service in customer service, um, an increasing awareness of if you're the right kind of person saying the right kind of thing at your contact center, then it really strengthens the relationship. So in all of these channels, suddenly our client teams were becoming aware that they needed to produce more language. And they said, can you help us write 4,000 words before breakfast or can you? And I realized I couldn't, but it would be great to help them 
kind of nurture their team so they could start writing what they needed. That was the origin for Verb Identity. And really, as soon as we started, uh, we've been flat out working for, you know, all kinds of companies, B2C, B2B, direct customer, uh, you know, small, large, global, national, whatever it is. And it was only really about two and a half years ago when I kind of had a moment to take a breath and go, you know what, I keep on being asked, have you written a book about it to sit down and, and write a book about it? So that's really what led led me to it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I have a similar story, but that's a story for another day. Um, you know, that example that you gave, Chris, about that client saying, you know, hey, can you help us? They obviously spotted something that they they needed help. So how, how does a brand spot when they they realize that their brand voice really isn't working for them, whether it be in marketing or in customer service delivery? Yeah, I think in customer service, it's sometimes easier to spot when the voice isn't working because you're so close to the customer. And if you're a good customer service leader, then you're so connected with all of the different moving parts of your kind of omni-channel customer service. And sometimes it will be reported to us, you know what, I walked through our contact center and I kind of felt uncomfortable the way that our people were talking to someone that had phoned up. Or I've started looking at how we're communicating through our digital channels. And you know what? In a conversation, our people are great, but you put them on digital and they start talking like they do on their social media apps when they're working, you know, when they're when they're doing their personal work rather than and so suddenly we've got this disconnect. We're kind of these people um, in our in our kind of conversations in our contact center, and then with these other kinds of people in our digital channels and it just doesn't it just doesn't feel right it feels like we've got a disconnect you know we're one company we should have one voice so often that's the clue that something's that something's not working well i mean the other thing is if you sound like everyone else wherever you know whichever channel you're in if you sound like everyone else you've got no story you've got no reason for people to trust you more or to invest in you more so if you sound like everyone else you're not being valued for who you are and so often that's that's a clue that someone, customer service leader will say, you know what, I think we just sound like everyone else or we sound inhuman or we sound corporate or it's just more corporate blah. That was an expression I heard today. So those are the signs rather than any kind of definite metrics. Of course, you, you know, customer service people are great with metrics, churn, NPS, CSAT scores and everything else. So if those are falling, often language is a quick, well, fast, smart, cheap way to reboot it. Well, actually, you, you read my mind, Chris. That's where I wanted to go next in the conversation, because when executives begin to realize that they need to change something in their brand voice, that can seem overwhelming. So how, how can you help them maybe with a quick win to really feel like they're making some quick progress on, on this challenge? Yeah. So when I was writing the book, I was very conscious that most of our clients don't come into us with this huge kind of budget, I don't just mean monetary budget, I mean time budget and a mental bandwidth budget to change all the things. So what we developed over time was just adapting a simple quick wins matrix. So there are things which are really impactful and things which are less impactful on how people perceive your business. And some of those are hard to change and some of those are easy to change. So if you can map out which things are really affecting how people interact with you and their perception afterwards, how many of those are high impact and relatively easy to change? Now, I'm not going to say these are the things that are easy to change. That depends on an internal culture. 
But when you work through, okay, I know either by proof or by intuition, this is having a high impact on what people think of our business. And I know from how well I know the business, these things are going to be relatively easy to change. Then you can identify your quick wins. And if you can get, if you can identify those quick wins, you can make those wins. And often what happens is you get more budget, you get more time, and you get more people to contribute their bandwidth. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then how do you guide clients on how to measure the impact of making a change on language? Yeah. And I mean, I think customer service people are some of the smartest users of metrics. So one of the things that we often talk about is kind of what are the metrics you care about? Because let's see what are the metrics you care about that are really affecting the uh, business's performance. And let's see what are the contributing factors to that. And often those metrics would kind of divide into two and we're very good at looking not us personally but everyone's very good at looking um, at the hard metrics you know how much are what percentage of our interactions with our customer with our contact center are self-serve and and how many of those are you know requiring human intervention or various other things like that so pretty good hard metrics exist but we would always ask our clients if they've got a feeling or a bit of an appetite to look at the human the human metrics or the human costs. You know, we're living in an era now where there's a greater churn of employees. So how long does it take an employee to get 100% on board and, and, realize that, and, and realize that they're talking in the way that we want them to talk or write about us as a business? So that's one of the measures. If we can shorten that kind of time to being on, time to being on board, if you like, or time to perfectly communicate, that's pretty good. So we're never going to say these are the metrics that you should look at, but you know, talk to us about the metrics that you have, and then we can have a conversation about where do we think language is helping, where do we think language might be hindering. Okay. And when you're going through this process with companies, Chris, is it typically something that is decided upon and executed at the department level, a functional level, be it marketing or customer service, or perhaps the two of them? Or do you see it really in many cases or all cases, whichever, whatever it may be, getting up to the CEO level? Do you need senior C-suite buy-in to a wholesale change or, need, or even a not a wholesale change to language for a brand? It, again, it's I think it's company dependent. We, we have a few founder-led companies. Uh, that are clients of ours and the founders still all over everything right so nothing but you know the businesses that you know this kind of business you know you've met them during your long career there are these kind of businesses where um, nothing moves without the founder being involved and without the founder's support fine there are some businesses which are great at devolving responsibility so even in those businesses where you've got devolved responsibility what we want to do is help our clients kind of win a bit of senior support or at least win a bit of senior CEO, C-suite awareness, because you don't want to go tinkering with anything unless you've got a bit of uh, support there. And so we kind of build programs to show a couple of things, really. One is, you know, often comparing yourself to competitors in your sector really helps. If you can build a map where we're like them, which is great here, we're different from them, which is great there. But, you know, we're missing out on this because we're not expressing ourselves in this way. That's quite good. And you can usually map those. I mean, language, people think that language is this intangible thing. It is. 
but you can still map it. We've got little methods to map it. So often mapping it, show against your where you are against your competitors, really helps bring a bit of CO awareness or CO support. And of course, the other great thing you can do is uh, just do a simple, kind of quick and simple internal survey about how comfortable are you using the voice? Do you think that we're differentiated? How well do you think we stack up against other these other companies? And I think sometimes if you've got that little survey to hand and you bump into uh, someone from the C-suite, you can say, listen, this isn't my opinion. You know, this is how people throughout the company or people throughout our department feel. And often that's a really great way of getting the senior level support. Right. And of course, sorry, Bernie, of course, the other thing is often the more senior uh, the person you're talking to in a business, the more aware of language they are because all they've got really is their voice and their mind to persuade other people in the business about who they are and what they do. So often the more senior you go, you suddenly get these conversations where the CEO is going, yeah, absolutely. I've been wondering this about our language or why can't we do that in right. our contact right. center? Yeah. Right. Okay. And my my final question, before my final question, that is, yeah. is um, there's a section in your book that I want you to just touch on briefly because, again, we have limited time, but you talk about how to create a distinctive brand voice that will last forever. Can you touch on that both from a marketing perspective and also from a customer service delivery perspective? Yeah, I would love to. So the book is called Strong Language. I wanted originally, I, its working title was uh, One Business, One Voice, because it should be that wherever you make contact with a business, whether it's on the back of the packaging, whether it's in investor relations, whether it's in contact center, what's being said to you, whether it's in my, anyway, it should always feel like one business. And actually the challenge then for someone running a department or running a business is, gosh, I've got, a I've got 10, 100, 200,000 people. How am I going to get all these different people speaking in one voice? And at that moment, what you don't want to give them is something very complicated as a model. So in the book, Strong Language, we've, we show the framework we've been using with all kinds of businesses over the last 10 years. And if you give me, if we've got a minute, Bernie, um, I'll, just, I'll just run through that framework. And essentially, I, I hope that's a thumbs up, Bernie. You're being, you're being yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So um, in a minute or less, if I can do it that way, this simple framework identifies that all communications are actually working on three levels at the, at the same time. Almost like if you think at 10,000 feet overarching level, you've got a sense of these are the people that we are. This is the world that we believe in. And this is what we stand for, and this is what we stand against. You, you never necessarily explicitly say that, but that can be guiding everything that you're choosing to talk about. That's like at 10,000 feet. If you come down to 1,000 feet, you've got this level of, well, if those, uh, if those are the things that, if that's kind of our worldview, uh, 1,000 feet, this is our personality. This is how we're using to express, us in particular, using to express that worldview. And then if you come down, to ground level, you've got what we call ground level details, which is how much jargon do you use? Some, none, you know, what grammar choices are you making? So should you use the grammar like I was taught grammar at school 40 years ago, or should you use grammar which reflects a more kind of modern environment? So there are things like this down at ground level. Now, the first of all, the framework by splitting out these things or identifying these three levels suddenly helps everyone 
brief language, create language, and have a common framework. And it also helps people give feedback. So the worst thing in the world is if you're getting feedback on a, something you've created is, oh, it's kind of just not right. Or even worse, it's a you know 27 different individual points. Where do I go with that? But if you've got this framework, you can say to someone, hey, you know what? You're, the worldview that you're sharing of us as a business, that's fantastic. Thank you. But the personality you're doing it with, that's kind of not right. Or the other way around, you know, your personality is great, but boy, you know, you're talking about a different world. That's not the world we want to create. Right. And right. so this simple, that was more than a minute, wasn't it, Bernie? But this simple framework, 10,000 feet, 1,000 feet, ground level, overarching narrative, tonal values, ground level details, I think really is simple enough to remember. That's what we found. And is simple enough to guide all kinds of interactions, you know, throughout the business. It's it, it's also uh, the, the rule of three, right? Just, you know, three elements to it, three pillars, um, easy to understand, easy to communicate. So thank you for sharing that, Chris. Oh, I you're really enjoyed yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Well, we get to my last question, Chris. And, you know, on the Digitally Irresistible podcast, we always like to ask each guest, when you're not working, Chris, what do you like to do for fun? That's a great question. And I know, uh, Bernie, in your business, you talk about, you know, creating smiles through the business. Well, the, there are two things which make me smile and which three, let's say three things, um, which two of them I'm really grateful to my parents for having taught me. The first is reading. And so no surprise that I'm in the business of helping people use language. And the other is swimming. Uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than swimming, except the third thing, of course, which is I am proud husband of an entrepreneur and the proud father of two amazing kids. So uh, those three things together, I think, uh, are what make me smile. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Chris, I really have enjoyed our conversation. I wish we had a lot more time. There's so much that we can unpack in your book. I love the title, Strong Language, the fastest, smartest, cheapest marketing tool you're not using, just priceless copywriting right there in the title and subtitle. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me here on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.